Hello and welcome, one and all. You are listening to Who Knew We Didn't. And as you may already know, I'm Megan and my partner in podcast here is Marta. Hey. Thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, We hope you've been enjoying the episodes that we've posted thus far. Um, And we hope that you enjoy the episode that we have in store for you today. It's a a good, it's a good one. I'm excited for this one. It's funny that you said partner in podcast rather than partner in crime because oh I, like, I didn't even get that <laughs> I, I wrote it and I didn't even get that joke <laughs> but I like partner in podcast so that's why yeah I didn't say anything uh the reason it's funny though is because today we're going to be talking about murder <laughs> uh making a murderer specifically like the actual psychological making of a murderer not the show yeah like how somebody becomes yeah, and and not just any murderer either. We're talking about uh, making a compulsive a compulsive murderer. So um, listeners may not know this yet. I'm sure you will learn this about me uh, right now because I'm about to say it. Uh, one of my favorite shows is called Bullshit. Penn and Teller's Bullshit. Very funny show. Uh, they always have great guests and articulate why so many things in our society are bullshit, and they articulate it way better than I could ever ever do um and uh, in their episode about the death penalty they have an episode about why the death penalty is bullshit but that's not the important part today uh they have a guest (laughs) named agnes keller she's a psychologically she's a psychology professor Uh, she's not psychologically is a psychology professor uh yeah yeah Yeah. she is (laughs) um and she explains uh from her perspective why the death penalty doesn't work as a deterrent for crime or murder So she explains that there are three reasons why people commit murder to begin with. Profit, passion, and compulsion. So people who kill for profit, they do it very rationally. They can't be deterred because they're convinced that they're not going to get caught. Uh, Crimes of passion obviously can't be deterred because if you hate your spouse so much that you're going to kill your spouse, then like you can't be deterred from that. Also, um, those crimes of passions, like they, they don't really have, well, often don't have a lot of planning or method that goes into them. Of course they can, but it's kind of, like it's, it's something breaking. like you're caught up in the moment and mm-hmm. that happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can't really be deterred by it because it's, it's, you're not thinking of the consequences when it happens. Yeah. Um, but finally, there there are murders committed to satisfy a compulsion. And these are the murderers that we're going to be talking about today. So they're killers who are compelled to commit extreme violence, like serial killers, uh, sexual criminals, uh, criminals, the basically <laughs> criminals, critters, <laughs> the Ted Bundys, the John Wayne Gacy's, the fucked up Albert Fishes of this world. That's who we're talking about today. So uh, so let's just get right into this mess. Uh, Marta and I are fascinated by the subject of true crime. So in our very novice, although fairly well-informed, considering how much true crime TV yeah. and, and um, literature we read, <laughs> podcasts we listen to, um, it's, our, it's our novice understanding on the subject. And we've come to determine that there are two key factors to the creation of these kinds of heinous murders. So physical trauma, and psychological or emotional trauma. Yep. Those two things together, uh, in a certain way, as we will explain, create a, a compulsive murderer. Uh, so why don't you start us off today, Marta, and talk about the physical stuff? Will do. Uh, so right off the bat, I'm going to mention that all of my research is kind of based on creating a murderer. So the murderer that's made, not born. 
so the kind of murderer that's born could potentially be a psychopath. Although there's evidence to support the fact that you can be born a psychopath. Like your brain could be mm-hmm. predisposed to psychopathy, but you still still do need other determining factors like socio psychological factors to make you a psychopath or to make you the violent murderer kind of psychopath but for this purpose i'm kind of avoiding psychopathy altogether uh just because i wanted to talk about physical trauma and i kind of painted myself into the into a corner by saying physical trauma specifically as uh something that can you guys hear that train yeah i apologize listeners <laughs> real real quick there's a train going through town right now and it just this is just the nature of living where i live that yeah. when a train goes through you can't avoid hearing the train nowhere in town it's not a big enough town to escape the sound of the train when it's going through <laughs> that's all right last time we were talking about the motorcycles and i didn't hear them in our first episode oh yeah i like sort of heard them but it didn't really bother me hopefully listeners the train doesn't bother you i think it's romantic megan also made these (laughs) uh peanut butter rolls so it's just like peanut butter and jam in a tortilla and she we made the mistake of having them before this podcast and i can't resist food megan's like oh i'll just eat it after we finish recording but i'm like chewing on it while she's talking so if you hear a sticky peanut butter mouth that's me sorry (laughs) uh apologies we just can't resist ourselves (laughs) so a lot of the research that i was doing i was trying really hard to find research that said you know this child was hit it made this change in their brain thus serial killer has been created uh and one thing that i came across really often was a lot of the physical abuse that happens to children that become serial killers is really closely tied with psychological abuse so yes the people who are abusing them are their parents the people that you're supposed to be able to trust or uncles or something like that or it's sexual abuse so there's a psychological trauma along with the physical abuse and i was looking for really like scientifically backed biological evidence that abuse uh makes a change in your brain or makes a change in your change in your neurological makeup and that makes you a murderer uh but i didn't really find any research like that a lot of it was anecdotal i couldn't find many peer-reviewed articles that did this but i did find um i did find a book that's called the anatomy of violence where criminologists Adrian Rain believes that there are, of course, both biological and environmental traits that uh, can turn somebody into a cold-blooded killer. And some of the potential traits include being male, low resting heart rate, brain damage, mother who smoke and drank throughout pregnancy, um, children who are separated from their parents before the age of three, uh, and FBI profiler, uh, yeah, before the age of three, sorry. FBI profiler Jim Clement explained that genetics loads the gun and personality and psychology aim it, um, and then their experiences pull the trigger. So it's really... Oh, that's a really cool way of putting it. Yeah, I A saw lot of the quote. research I found, like, basically said the same thing, but not in that way. That's yeah. a really cool way of putting it. I saw it. this quote, and I was like, oh, plagiarize. <laughs> <laughs> it's not plagiarism if you attribute it to him. Yeah, sure. Okay, so <laughs> Jim Clement, just for the record. FBI uh, criminal profiler, yeah. Jim Clement. And then a loose little Google pulls up a lot of evidence that many, many serial killers were actually abused as children. And I'll just rattle off a couple here. So there's Aileen Warnos, rape. Aileen Warnos, yeah. Aileen, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Well, yeah, I always said it Aileen. Aileen. It's 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 spelled with with an A, A, but I think it's, you would say it like I, like A I. You're probably right. Yeah. Um, I didn't even consider that. Have you seen the movie Monster? 
well hold on raped beaten abused by grandfather played by Charlize Theron yeah. in Monsters yeah. so <laughs> I haven't seen it but when I was typing it I was like Megan's gonna ask me about this <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen it in a long time you would probably enjoy it it's, it's upsetting it. to watch but it's really good like she either got nominated for and possibly also won an Oscar for her role in that Damn. it's uh and Eileen Warnos is one of the um most famous female ser- serial killers, which there aren't a lot of. Yeah, yeah, she was on the top of this list for sure. Uh, Albert Fish, who was in an mm-hmm. orphanage at a young age where he was uh, subjected to sadistic beatings prior to turning nine. He's fucked. Jerome Brudos, whose mom abused him as a child. Carol Cole, whose mother would beat him as a child or her, Carol, C-A-R-O-L-L. Yeah, they're sure. a male, male um, yeah, yeah. John Wayne Gacy, his father abused the whole family and he was an alcoholic. And again, I just wanted to make the point that it's really tough to tease apart psychological and physiological effects of being beaten. Beaten? Beated. There is one study that was really heavily referred to throughout all of the articles that I found. uh, And it's called The Incidence of Child Abuse in Serial Killers. Uh, And it's just basically an analysis. It doesn't even go into like what happens when the child is abused, but it's just a collection of the information. uh, And they base their findings on a collection of legal documents and uh, anecdotal research and actual research. So, or news, news sites or whatever of the killer's past history. Um, And so 50, they had a sample size of 50 serial killers who were lust killers. So sexual sadism, that sort of thing. Of those, 36% of them were physically abused. Uh, 26% were sexually abused, which is kind of physically and mentally. But 50% were psychologically abused. So even if there was no physical abuse, 50%, like so an overwhelming amount. Did they say what they considered psychological abuse? Like what was it? Um, Do you know what I mean? Um, I'm assuming like emotional abuse, that sort of thing, like. But I'm actually not sure. I didn't look into that. Well, just like you're absolutely right that um, physical abuse has psychological effects. So I'm just wondering, like, is there any crossover there in how that they... um, Like while you're beating also emotional trauma. Well, yeah, like I'm not going to feel good in my head after getting hit in the face or in my face. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's I didn't even consider that. Um, Only 2% experience no abuse at all of any kind. Um, and what's interesting, 18% of the, ser- of the 50 s- serial killers uh, were neglected as children, but this is equally pre- prevalent in killer and societal norm populations. So 18% of people are neglected or children are neglected. So there's no variation among serial killers and normal hmm. kids. So being neglected isn't really a determinant. Uh, uh, I'll probably talk about this a little bit more, but you're right. You're right. It's not a determinant. Like you can have this without becoming a serial killer, but serial killers most frequently also have this in their history. So like someone like uh, going through these sorts of things, like being neglected, um, you're not now destined to become a killer, but if you are uh, it's hard to say it's it's like comorbid yeah yeah the another problem that i found in my research was that we don't tend to study uh many normal in quotation marks people we only take like the brain scans of the killers and whatever and so don't know how that's different from somebody who got hit in the head with a swing and didn't go on a killing spree yeah so um 
there's just, there's lots of holes in the research. I found another, I found a case study. So it's just on one single serial killer. Um, it's called An Enigmatic Personality, a case report of a serial killer by Krauss in 1995. Um, this serial killer had an extensive history of head trauma and the 47th chromosome had an XYY com- constitution, Whoa. Uh, which it is frequently diagnosed as antisocial disorder or schizoid disorder or emotionally unstable intermittent explosive personality disorders that sort of thing and so there's a suggested by suggestion by this case study that people with this uh chromosomal disorder will tend to be whatever serial killers and this happens in males uh mainly or only i think well that's the why right yeah and so it uh, it just increases your risk of developing antisocial behavior of any type. Um, and this research also linked me to another article that I found that suggested that um, autism or like autism spectrum disorder is linked with antisocial uh, personality disorders. Mm. Yeah. And that a serial killer is more likely to be have some type of a mental disorder because they're they disassociate themselves from the people that they're killing wow everything's like only about them so antisocial personality disorder one that i've mentioned already is um the the symptoms of it are or like the signs of it the diagnostic criteria there we go are really closely linked with psychopathy and sociopathy so they're like all in the same tight-knit evil family uh, and then finally, the last article that I found was called Neuro- Neurodevelopmental and Psychological Risk Factors in Serial Killers and Mass Murderers. So this was actually a, um, a meta-analysis. So mm-hmm. it's one person took all of the studies that they could find, um, and it was pretty exhaustive. They looked at 166 eligible papers, and they it tentatively indicates that extreme forms of violence as child in childhood may result may be the result of complex interaction of biological and psychological and sociological factors mm-hmm. or wait i said that wrong but like the three things that happen like when you're a child so physical emotional and environmental problems yeah it's no one thing it's yeah. like a a, a a lot of contributing factors put together in the right way in the right time well i suppose in the wrong way and in the wrong time yeah um lead to this yeah. yeah and in this uh in this article i found something not directly linked to um how being physically abused makes you a serial killer but actually about the neurochemistry of violence so this could be caused anyway like it could be something that you get as you're a child like if you get meningitis or whatever and it alters your brain because it's a neurological infection a brain infection i don't i don't know words today um or like it could there be are some like heavy heavy words. words yeah yeah um and i'm just gonna read this so if it sounds like i'm reading it's because it's i because am you're reading yeah so the possibility of biological or genetic basis of a serial murder is an unresolved issue at present so there's they're saying that they don't know exactly what causes it, but associations have been made uh, between neurochemical imbalance and aggression. So low, seroton- low serotonin mm-hmm. uh, in humans has been related to impulsive self-destructive uh, violence or increased synaptic serotonin levels has been linked to aggression 
So any kind of imbalance with your serotonin makes you aggressive. Can I interrupt you? Yeah. Sorry. Um, I just want to interrupt you and tell you a little bit. This TED Talk that I watched yes. um, talked quite a lot about this. Serotonin? Um, yeah. Ooh. And I'm going to do a bad job because I didn't, um, it didn't, um, you meant for me to take that well one. no no yeah. it's just that like I watched it for my part of this uh, mm-hmm. study and um, it, it really did apply quite a lot to your part of this study but it was called exploring the mind of a serial killer and it was hosted by a man named Jim Fallows and he talked a lot about this and I wish I could remember the exact details of it but it is he talked a lot about genetics I remember the name Jim Fallows I'm pretty sure he came up in my yeah he um he he like examined the brains of many serial killers and um and and like found yeah, that they had experienced head trauma at a certain age and that this led to it. But another part of it was genetics. And um, I'll probably get a li- little bit more into the genetics when when I do my part. But um, he talked about serotonin levels and it actually happens in utero where when wow. this, uh, yeah, oh, I wish I could remember exactly what it is, but it's a chromosomal thing. And it actually comes from the X chromosome. Um, he said it was passed down from your mother. I wish I had found, I, wa- I had watched this. TED it was talk. really cool. I, I do recommend it for anyone who's interested. It's not very long, so it's very easy to watch. And it's that's quite a lot of information packed into only about six minutes. I think that's like a characterizing feature of TED Talks. Yes, that's the point, I guess. (laughs) Sorry, that was a Um, dick thing to say. No, no, you're right. You're you're totally right. Um, But it was really cool. And so he said that it was it was passed down through the mother. It was on the X chromosome, and he um, mentioned that this could be why serial killers are more frequently men than women. Because Mm -hmm. when you are a woman, you get an X from your mother and an X from your father. And so if you have this X chromosome on your mother, the one from the father sort of dilutes it. But if you're a male, you only get your X chromosome from your mother. So if this thing exists on that X chromosome, there's nothing on the other side that's going to dilute it. Um, Yeah, so that I I don't really understand that part of it. But that was something that he said anyway, in utero, um, basically, the the baby in utero is flooded with serotonin and like just hanging out in all the serotonin, which is um, usually supposed to make you calm. Um, But because you're like flooded with it in utero, uh, as you grow older, once you're born, you're like desensitized to it. Oh. Yeah. Huh. Sorry, I didn't mean to go on quite such a long tangent. Fantastic addition. Fantastic. Wow, my words are not working. Fantastic. (laughs) Fantastic. (laughs) Um, dopamine and norepinephrine generally enhance aggression. Norepinephrine, uh, is related to adrenaline. If that gives you an idea of what that is, uh, numerous studies have found signs of aberrant dopaminergic function. So just like problematic dopamine levels in your brain. Um, and that's linked to ADD, autism, and schizophrenia. And we have heard previously that autism and schizophrenia tend to be comorbid with becoming a serial killer. So they're suggesting there's that. Um, And then the final thing, the final nail in the coffin of being a man, testosterone is clearly implicated in aggression. Um, But it also, testosterone also has been known to heavily uh, interact with societal factors. So Mm -hmm. that's why it really matters. Like you could be a high testosterone male, but if you're raised in a really steady environment doesn't mean you're more aggressive but if you're a high testosterone male raised in an unsteady environment 
then you are more likely to be aggressive. And then finally, there's monoamine oxidase, so MAOA. Uh, this is an enzyme involved in the metabolism of norepinephrine, serotonin, and dopamine. Uh, so men with low mono, monoamine oxidase A are more likely to be convicted of a violent crime. So wow. if they're not able to break down serotonin, um, dopamine, and norepinephrine, then they're more likely to be aggressive. Wow. So it's not only like that actually your serotonin levels are high. Also, if you have normal serotonin levels, but you're missing this enzyme, that could also fuck with you. Um, also, I found this really cool infographic about the criminal mind. And there's three main areas where the brain structure differentiates in uh, criminal. So the anterior cingulate, uh, criminals with low activity here in the anti anterior cingulate cortex. This is like kind of the front top of your brain okay but inside so like right just above like your, at hairline. your hairline on your eyebrow like over your eyebrow yeah your hairline yeah, okay. yeah yeah if you were to drill straight in <laughs> oh. um has a higher higher risk of reoffending. so if they've offended once they're more likely to reoffend. uh ventromedial prefrontal cortex up to, if that's up to 11% smaller than a regular person, uh, or if it's less active, then this person's more likely to be a habitual offender. Wow. Uh, and the amygdala, if it's sh shrunken or less active, then you're more likely to be, uh, you're more likely to have aggressive conduct disorder, hmm. especially as teenagers. That was the finding that they had, but I'm sure it translates into adulthood. And that's it for my winding rambling <laughs> <laughs> about how serial killers are different Phys physically yeah and yeah. physiologically wow yeah. very cool um okay well I'm, I'm glad that I watched that TED, TED talk, talk because it does help me kind of transition from what you were talking about into what I wanted to focus on so I, w I was going to be um focusing on psychological trauma and emotional trauma and how that contributes to this making of a of a murderer of a killer um so as i mentioned i watched the exploring the mind of a killer ted talk uh by jim fallows who is by the way a neuroscientist at the university of california um you so california california here and i love it what yeah in your in the google doc See california oh my god <laughs> I was like, that's fantastic. I want to go to California. Did not even notice California. Well, there you go. What are you going to do? Um, so he was trying to identify basically what we wanted to talk about today. That how do you end up with a psychopathic killer? Uh, people like, yeah, Albert Fish, Eileen Wernos, Jeffrey Dahmer, these sorts of people. So he actually was studying their brains. Um, he looked at things mainly from the basis of genetics, brain damage, and a person's interaction with, the, with their environment to find where in the brain um, this violent killer comes from. So he was looking at things from the basis of genetics, brain damage, and a person's interaction with their environment to find out uh, where in the brain it comes from. Uh, basically, what he found is brain damage plus genetics plus your environment boiled together with the right timing uh, of your developmental age equals this killer. Um, so See, he says environment again it's not a clean study about just head trauma it's 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 yeah. a big melting pot of fuckery there's no one thing no no one thing um anyway what he had found was that 
how you end up with this killer depends on not only these factors, but exactly when the brain damage occurs. Um, but another key factor he found was just like you were talking about a, mi- a moment ago, this major violence gene, the MAOA gene that mm-hmm. you were mentioning. Monoamine oxidase A. Oh, yikes. Um, so this gene, <laughs> it actually exists in regular, ordinary people. I could have this. You could it's have an, this. Any an listener enzyme. could have this. Yeah. Oh, is it an enzyme? Mm-hmm. Okay, my bad. Um, At least that's what my study said. I, I'm sure he said gene. Anyway. Uh, maybe maybe it's a gene that controls the production of the enzyme. Or an enzyme that affects a gene. I'm really sorry to our listeners who know what the fuck this thing is. Because uh, tell us. <laughs> tell us. <laughs> if you know what this is, if you can offer clarification, I would like to know. It's something in the human body. Yeah. it's But it's not your liver. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, and it's not your pancreas. <laughs> Probably not. No. Um, okay. <laughs> Basically, uh, yeah, so any of us could have this thing, but in order to express this MAOA in an extremely violent way, very early on, before puberty, you have to be involved in something that's really traumatic. You really need to see or be involved in violence in a, in a very real way. Um, so along with brain damage, if you have this gene or enzyme or whatever she turns out to be, and you have this exposure to trauma, this is the recipe for disaster, he says. So hold on. So Marta has something that she wants to add before I get further into psychological trauma. Yeah. So as you were finishing up there, I Googled MAOA. Um, and the first thing that came up on Wikipedia is monoamine oxidase A, also known as MAOA, is an enzyme that in humans is encoded by the MAOA gene. Oh, it is both, both. an enzyme and a gene. What up? Both were right, <laughs> neither were wrong. Exactly. So, and this gene is one of two neighboring gene family members that include mitochondrial en- enzymes, which we don't give a shit about, but also, <laughs> um, oh wait, which catalyze the oxidative deamination of amines such as dopamine norepinephrine and serotonin so this is like all making sense we weren't lying wikipedia agrees which we all know is the academic bible yeah you know what's so funny i'm gonna go on a bit of a tangent for a moment when i was in high school which was over 10 years ago now you weren't allowed to use wikipedia no you weren't you were Mm -hmm. not allowed to use wikipedia it was like anybody can put anything on wikipedia like that don't even listen to it which they can except wikipedia totally is it's the best really kind of reliable like yeah you can put anything on there but it's all sourced and shit anyway so i did want to spend a little bit of time talking about what psychological trauma is considering i'm going to talk oh she's done the peanut butter roll um, chewing. <laughs> since i'm going to be talking about it i should probably you know talk a little bit about what it is yeah Mm -hmm. define it exactly there's the word um so psychological trauma is a type of damage to the mind that occurs as a result of a severely distressing event not just like a little bit of a problem like a big time seriously severely distressing event like your mom beating you yeah yeah exactly or like abandoning you and you i don't know like are left in the forest for more than a week fending for yourself because you're I don't know, your mom died and you had to leave her. I had that. Let's not keep going. <laughs> Trauma is often the result of an overwhelming amount of stress that is outside one's ability to cope with. 
I'm going to go into this in our social media episode. Stress oh. and like coping. Sorry. Spoiler alert. I'm so We're excited. doing an episode on social media. <laughs> um, trauma differs between individuals according to each individual's own experience. Not all people who experience a traumatic event will be psychologically traumatized by it. And those that do become psychologically traumatized may express that in any number of different ways. So it's not a one size fits all sort of thing. One might re-experience the trauma because of triggers in their surroundings. So, and that can be, um, that can create really disassociative experiences for that individual where the person will actually lose touch and awareness uh, with their current surroundings. Kind of like autism. Sure. People don't have, well, so one of the things of autism is that you're not really aware of your surroundings. You're very like introverted and like, it, like, internally concerned rather than in touch with your surroundings you're like in your own head as opposed to yeah i'm not wording it properly but anyway no i'm with you buzzword so i just got excited (laughs) (laughs) um well as an escape or pardon me as a result um they may um that individual may turn to psychoactive substances like drugs or alcohol to try and escape or dampen the the feelings of of re-experiencing that trauma Other sorts of symptoms of psychological trauma are anxiety, panic and panic attacks, fear, anger, which is sometimes um, very inappropriate and occurs in very unexpected situations like extreme violence um, and insomnia. When you said anger, that just reminded me of this guy in my elementary school that was like always really aggressive and really angry. When you said really inappropriately, it just like reminded me of this one guy who is always just inappropriately angry like if he didn't if he got a math question wrong like one time he actually flipped his desk whoa yeah because he got a question wrong in homework and like he kicked a girl in the face once because she like didn't hold the door for him so that's inappropriate and that's extreme yeah i always thought that he was just like unhinged but both of the siblings like there were two together there were twins actually they were both really strange and it could be because of shit was happening at home that's scary um i have a very similar story and shit was definitely happening at home um there were uh, two siblings they were in the same grade grade but they and in my grade um but they were foster siblings and both of them were um like they had had seriously troubled upbringings Mm -hmm. like their biological parents um they had lived with them oh yeah right there everything just fell (laughs) They had lived with their biological parents for a time, but uh, I, I don't remember exactly when it was that they went into foster care. Um, but the boy, he was new. Like we, we had gone to school with the girl for quite a few years. And then when we were in grade seven, I think, um, a, 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 she had a foster brother that came to live in the home. And mm-hmm. he was so, so aggressive, so angry. And same sort of thing. I don't remember him flipping a desk, but he was only in school for about two or three months before he was not only removed from our school, he was removed from the home and he like no longer lived in foster care and he Holy actually shit. had to live in a facility in London, Ontario. Holy. Yeah, because he was just like, he he really needed help. Yeah. Well, that's good that they helped him uh but then you start to wonder like what sort of no, help was it no no and, like, no they helped him that's it oh <laughs> <laughs> he was like helped to... and he lived happily ever after yep that's... i do hope that because he he did have a a rough go i hope that for her too like she was she was odd and bizarre and she wasn't very popular and stuff but she was like like 
she could socialize. She could mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. friends and things. People are dicks when they're in grade seven. And so if you're a little bit different, they're going to be an asshole to you. Know you. What? It was the same with the twins that I knew. Like the girl was better. Yeah. And the boy was worse. But that could be society. It could be society. Anyway. I'm or it could be track. that Y chromosome. Or it could be the fact that they only have one X chromosome. It could be. It could be a lot of things. It could be you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um where was I here? Uh, the symptoms presented uh, as a result of psychological trauma and the severity of those symptoms very much depend on the person, the type of trauma, and the emotional support that they receive from others. Like a facility in London? Yeah. Ontario. Yeah. Um, man, I haven't thought about that kid in years. Let's get into let's get into it now. Good now stuff. that we've talked about it a little bit, we have an understanding of what psychological trauma is. Let's talk about how you become a murderer. Um, so I read an article written by a woman named Lisa Firestone, a PhD, and it was in Psychology Today. And um, she was creating a violence assessment scale. And she visited a series of high security prisons to interview men who were found guilty of murder and other very violent crimes. And as she was interviewing them, the first question she asked was, how did you become a violent person? And without fail, every single one responded with a horrible tale of trauma in their childhood. Oh my God. Oh my God. I know. Can you imagine conducting that interview and having to hear like, fuck. I got goosebumps. Yeah. Oh my God. That's scary. (laughs) They are, they are multiplying. I'm actually not chilly. I'm very warm right now. (laughs) It's hot in my house. Anyway, she went on to explain that if you look into the life of any violent individual, uh, you're likely going to find past a past that has been darkened by trauma, like violence, extreme moments of terror and suffering. So uh, like I mentioned a moment ago, obviously not everyone who suffers trauma is going to become a killer, but most killers are created from trauma. Um, From serial killers to gang members, all different walks of life behind almost every violent person, there is a story of trauma and despair. Um, She quotes another doctor, Dr. James Garbarino, who's a psychologist who works with violent inmates, Garbarino. Yeah, that's what it's I'm just laughing at the name, not your pronunciation. No, 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 no. It's sorry. Garbarino. Garburator? Anyway, Garbanzo. He's very smart. He's very smart. He works with violent inmates <laughs> and uh, often refers to these violent offenders as untreated, I'm using quotes here, untreated traumatized children inhabiting the bodies of often very scary men. And he went on to say, and this is a direct quote here, one thing that makes them so scary is their unconsciousness about that wounded child and the anger of that child and the fear of that child and now in a big body they're doing things on behalf of that child without even an awareness of it heavy that's terrifying yeah it is um so yeah because aren't all men just grown children well men's bodies wait all women just grown children Uh, in women's bodies i refer to i joke with calvin all the time i'm like you're such a man child because like he acts very childlike sometimes. And my mom talks about how she has three children instead of just two, me oh. and my sister. So, Is it your dog or is it Calvin? No, it's my dad. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't get that at all. Did not get that at all. My mom makes that joke as well. But, you know, sometimes he's I'm really childish. He's not a violent offender? No, he's not a violent offender. Mm-hmm. No, he's not. Um, he has a hot temper, but he's not like a violent person. 
I didn't stop interrupting. <laughs> God damn it, Marta. <laughs> um, okay, so so back to this article, uh, the Firestone, the original author, um, she indicated that, um, as I mentioned when I was talking about that TED Talk, there can be a genetic predisposition to violence, but genes always interact with their environment. Studies in epigenetics, which is the study of gene expression, tell us that although experiences do not change our genes, they do heavily influence how our genes are expressed. So you could have the genetic profile of a, of a killer without being a violent person at all, and the difference is trauma. Um, we're all born with the neural architecture and ability to develop empathy and compassion. But for this to happen, we need to have a series of positive experiences and to avoid a series of negative experiences. I feel like that's not true that we're all born that way because psychopaths actually just have a different brain. They're not capable of empathy Interesting. and compassion. So, yeah, that's true. Well, when was the study published? Uh, I believe it was 2013. Oh, well, that's when this article was published. That doesn't necessarily mean that that's when this study study was conducted. I guess we're going to have to look into it. Yeah, I'd have to go back to, I'd have to go back to it. Huh. Huh. I agree with you, Marta. (laughs) I do agree with you. But the difference (laughs) is still trauma. Um, I don't think that that changes. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, Trauma comes in many forms, could be abuse, could be neglect. Um, key traumatic experiences that could lead to potentially violent behaviors are um, aggression in family. Many violent individuals have been witness to domestic abuse um, and domestic violence. And a study conducted in Australia estimated that up to 40% of chronically violent adolescents had witnessed extreme parental conflict. And research does confirm that child abuse and the experience of family violence can be a significant predictor of adult violence. Parental conflict as in parent on parent or parental conflict as in parent on child? It didn't specify. Hmm. Hmm. Good question though. Um, another predictor would be um, early life rejection or neglect. So childhood abandonment um, can leave deep scars that are difficult to reconcile. Um, Early neglect can leave very long-term consequences on brain function and rejection by a primary caretaker like your parent can make it impossible for children to form secure attachments that would make them feel safe. Um, Another predictor would be issues in attachment style. So to raise an emotionally healthy child, you have to offer them a secure attachment style. And a neurobiology expert by the name of Dr. Daniel Siegel, Siegel, I think it's Siegel. Like Jason Siegel? Yeah, but I don't know how how his last name is spelled. This one is S-I-E-G-E-L. I I think it's Siegel. I think that's the same, yeah. Yeah. So he says that secured... (laughs) Secure attachment comes from children experiencing uh, what he calls the four S's. And without these, um, children can develop damaged sense of self and a destructive uh, d- future relationships in adulthood. You so said, they have to. You said four S's, and I was like, Seagull, 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 and Seagull. <laughs> <laughs> Duh. Sorry. No. So you must feel safe in your environment. Mm-hmm. You must feel seen for who you are. You must feel soothed or calmed when you're in distress, and you must feel secure. Um, so if without that, without those four S's, um, it's not good. And the final predictor is feelings of shame. So when children are neglected, physically or verbally abused, bullied, exposed to prejudice and racism, uh, and that sort of thing, then they would feel a deep sense of shame that would carry on to their adult lives. 
all of this could be the the trauma or like all of it any of it a combination of it um could be the trauma that would eventually lead to this sort of Mm -hmm. violent individual um um so I, I just thought it was interesting and it it supported my ideas so I want to talk oh, about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a study done in Italy published in 2013 I have the published date on this one. Yeah. Ex- <laughs> Examine the link between early traumatic experiences of abuse or neglect and the development of a psychopathic personality. Uh they look specifically at childhood relational trauma in a group of violent offenders in Italy. Uh, 22 offenders convicted of violent crimes age 22 to 60. That's who they were looking at. Um, 14 of the participants had committed murder, four had committed rape, four were convicted child sex offenders. Um, The traumatic experience checklist was used to assess childhood relational trauma, and the hair psychopathy checklist revised was used to assess psychopathy. Found here uh, was a high prevalence of childhood experiences of neglect and abuse among the offenders. Higher levels of childhood relational trauma were found among participants who had high scores on the psychopathy checklist. And significant association between the age of first relational trauma and higher psychopathy scores. So basically, the younger they were when they experienced the trauma, the higher they scored on the psychopathy scale. So I think maybe this relates to that research that I earlier contradicted when i said when she's like oh uh you're not born this way or something oh or we're all born capable yeah of we're all born capable of it yeah well i think of empathy that is maybe we're not like even psychopaths aren't born violent psychopaths wait a second is it psych- psychopaths are not capable of empathy mm-hmm. or sociopaths psychopaths are the ones with the different brain altogether oh. sociopaths are the ones that are made but still capable of empathy but it's suppressed or undeveloped for whatever reason okay. but like they have the brain capacity for it okay so interesting and then the slightly milder version of that but still pretty scary people are antisocial personality disorder so they're all linked as with narcissistic personality disorder mm. they're all related but again wow well basically early exposure to relational trauma in childhood can play a big role in developing more severe psychopathic traits the general theme of today yeah Yeah, for sure yeah um so so that's what i have for you on on psychological trauma contributing to to um the making of a murderer um some closing thoughts for everyone no parent is perfect <laughs> and it's impossible to to shield your child from all potentially painful experiences like pain is part of life but every child needs a caring consistent adult who exercises control that can offer the child a sense of structure and safety you got to get those four s's you got to get them seagull 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 safe seagull. secure seagull seagull <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, um, as Marta mentioned, there are many, many violent offenders that, that you can point to that did not have these things. So, um, like Paul Bernardo, his mother and father, he had an extremely abusive father verbally and physically towards, um, both his wife and I believe his children as well, Mm -hmm. um, to that, to the point that his mother, became reclusive and just lived in the basement so he had violence and abandonment (laughs) in his youth if you guys want to learn more about paul bernardo somebody who did a really great review of 
everything that happened in Bernardo's life was Karen, my favorite murder. There's a live episode from Toronto, which we went to. Don't listen to episode three when she does Paul Bernardo the first time. Listen to episode like 90 something where she, it's the live in Toronto, Sony Center for the Performing Arts. Uh, Really good episode. We were there um, and she redid her murder um, her murder retelling of Paul Bernardo and it's really fantastic and I always have to like combat the urge whenever I hear like of a famous Canadian like um oh what's his man I can't remember any famous oh like Celine Dion or Shania Twain or or some hot guys Ryan Gosling uh well hold on so anytime I hear of like a famous Canadian I'm like oh they're Canadian because like we're trying to compete with Americans not compete but like we're just proud of Canadians but then when I hear of Paul Bernardo I bite my tongue like fuck you you're not Canadian yeah or like Luca Rocco Magnata (laughs) he's he's just insane he's like he's hilariously insane he is uh I don't know if it's hilarious well like it's just I don't know Paul Bernardo was like disgusting and just sick and is sad like there's nothing shook a city to its core yeah there's nothing that I could possibly make a joke about but Magnata is like kind of hilarious in his attempts at fame because he's just so deluded oh yeah in my eyes I would say that's a narcissistic personality disorder right there and probably whatever the fuck else let's just throw all those labels at him yeah Yeah. so it's uh, like murder is not funny ever but if I think of a serial killer or a murderer who it is kind of hilarious because it's a so famous Canadian up. that you don't want to yeah, be with being Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Sorry. I oh, no, 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 that's fine. I do have a few other examples though yes, of, <laughs> of, uh, murderers, major, major murderers who uh, have experienced these sorts of psych, um, psychological traumatic events uh, in childhood um lawrence bitteker and roy norris the toolbox killers larry was abandoned by his natural mother and roy's parents got pregnant out of wedlock got married and his mother suffered from drug addictions was free he was frequently placed in foster families throughout childhood like both of them experienced significant um feelings of neglect and abandonment from their primary caregivers um richard ramirez uh his father was prone to fits of anger and physical abuse and Richard Ramirez also suffered two very serious head injuries as a child, Hmm. by the by. Um, And Jeffrey Dahmer, who I didn't find anything about um, head trauma or or physical trauma or anything like that, but uh, I did look into his background a little bit and found that his mother was always very greedy for attention and would work herself into states of anxiety over very trivial things to get attention from her husband. She attempted suicide, by overdosing on Equinil pills that she was addicted to. And his father was often away from home, focusing on his studies in chemistry. And so like, basically his mother was nuts. His father ran away and neither parent put any time towards their son. Oh my God. And he was fucked. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, so that's what I have for you on psychological trauma and the making of a murderer. That was fantastic and very comprehensive was it fantastic though <laughs> is that the, is that what i called it i think fin- you said fantastic whatever it was whatever the hell i said before so in closing that's pretty much everything that we have for you guys today i'm really sorry i'm feeling very interrupty today no, so if that bothers you tell me i might ignore that feedback though interruption junction over here yeah <laughs> um really my matter. closing notes are I need more studies about physical abuse. 
I need more studies about what it does to the person. How yeah, it changes and, and head trauma specifically. I mm-hmm. was, I was, because I know of so many serial killers that have experienced head trauma, I was hoping that you would find, like, I just assumed that the internet was riddled with sources that well, were credible. And what, what's interesting is riddled, uh, the internet is riddled with information about it, but it's all anecdotal oh. or like 90% anecdotal. So you can find tons of those like Buzzfeed style lists, like seven prolific serial killers who were hit on the head as children or whatever. You can find those dime a dozen, but the actual scientific literature yeah. was and very also, difficult like, for me to find. And also like what kid doesn't get hit in the head at least once as a child? Fuck, I have, I actually still have a bump on my head to this day from this stupid thing. My friend and I, well, we're not friends anymore. My backdoor neighbor and I were trying to get something down from a tree and it was something stupid. It wasn't even like a Frisbee. I think we were just trying to get a stick down from a tree. <laughs> and so we created this teeter-totter with like a two by four and this some logs. This is going to be very dangerous oh it's teeter-totter to get something like was this like we were one of us launch one of you yeah no 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 no. we we had a log on one end and one person jumps on the other end so that the log shoots up and it smacked you in the face didn't it yeah so he didn't jump properly it fell off fell off and i was like okay let me do it so i jumped and obviously when you throw something up with the teeter-totter it goes in a circle Circle. right like it comes back around to you and this is how children learn physics yeah i fucking launched a log (laughs) like i launched a stump at my own head and it like (laughs) (laughs) it knocked me unconscious as you were saying like yeah as you were saying like head trauma violence and i was like shit i've had anger problems as a kid maybe it's (laughs) It's for sure because you got hit in the with the log i came to and he was standing over me he's like are you okay and that is the first and only time in my life when i said no i am not okay (laughs) i was like i think i just died (laughs) i went inside to my mom like i just left the kid in my backyard i was like i don't know what's happening and yeah so like there's a bump on my in my skull now my god yeah i had a swelling the size of a grapefruit my mom i don't think she even took me to the hospital or anything she was just like I don't maybe she put did. some ice on it maybe i'm being completely a dick here because my, uh, my mom might maybe you had a this. concussion and you have no memory of going remember. to the hospital yeah maybe i don't know but like, i feel like if you got hit in the head with a log and got knocked unconscious <laughs> like your mom would take you to the hospital i think so okay you know what she probably took me to she the probably hospital. took you to the hospital um but she was like are you okay and i was like yeah i'm fine but there's this thing growing out of my head no <laughs> And what's interesting, completely unrelated to psychopathy or aggression or anything, is my hair, all of my hair there fell out and then it, <laughs> in that one spot. And then it grew back super curly, like really kinky curly. <laughs> and I was like, is this what I could have been in a different life? Like I could have had a full head of curly hair. I was so excited. It was like black and curly. And then now it's normal again. I have a tiny bald spot there though now. That's, that's crazy. <laughs> that's wild. My hit in the head story. I can only think of one and it's not as good as that. It's oh, oh, such a dumbass <laughs> it happens um and then what else did i want to say oh basically don't let your kid get hurt and like emotionally and physically yeah take care of your kids yeah take yeah, care yeah, yeah. of your kids um and i believe that we have a follow-up episode somewhere down the line planned not follow-up to this one specifically but about like childhood development and what oh, makes yes. a good person what makes a bad person whatever yeah. so i think that we will also um more closely examine um psychopathy yeah psychopathy and sociopathy and yeah schizophrenia i think that I, disorders we should, yeah disorders for yeah. sure so i think we'll get 
Maybe we should have done that before we looked at making a murder. Nah, fuck it. We did it all right. It's all perfect. <laughs> <laughs> this is the way we're doing it. <laughs> Um, and then the final note, follow us on our socials. We have an Instagram account now called... We have an Instagram account. Yeah, called Who Knew We Didn't. Uh, we also have an email, who knew we didn't at gmail.com. And you're probably listening to this on SoundCloud. If you want to hear us anywhere else, just let us know and we'll try to put ourselves there too. Yeah. Uh, other Otherwise, than that, yeah. <laughs> like, no, 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 you go, you Sorry. go. I was just going to say like, share, review. Yes. Oh, shit, shit like that. I was going to forget that. So. Tell people. Yeah. Tell people. Tell Listen, tell us. Tell us what you think. Yeah, and have a good week, and we'll talk to you guys later. Yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs>